in one way, I hope I hope that it's going to be a it's going to be just as funny because uh, yeah, me too. I thought <laughs> it, we can put these things as one of the podcasts, like the making of um, three, two, one, go. Hey, hello, welcome. It's curiously polar. We have a name. Yeah. Yay. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Yay. So, so curiously polar. All, all of you who've listened to this um, for the first three episodes, thank you so much. Now the sound is very different because we're not on the ship anymore. We're recording this like in a proper studio kind of environment. And um, but it will be as interesting or even more interesting than before, for sure. I think before we get started. Uh, let's just do a few quick introductions here because I think people are still kind of wondering who are these guys. And we have it on the website now. We have a, a website for the podcast called curiouslypolar.com where you can find stuff about us. Um, but yeah, Mario, Mario Aquarone, who, yes. are, who are you? Why are you? How, what, what allows you to do this? Yeah. Well, you allow me to do it. <laughs> it's uh, fantastic having met you, Chris. Um, I am, uh, by education, a naturalist. Um, I have been lucky enough to uh, be able to explore in first hand um, Greenland and Svalbard and the Arctic and then later the Antarctic. And, um, and I am also a navigator. I'm a skipper, expedition leader. And I love to uh, be in the Arctic, but also to share my experiences with other people. And that's that's the function I met you in as uh, an expedition leader on the Nordlicht. And um, there's lots of different topics that came up while we were on the ship. And that was the basis for this podcast. So my name is Chris Marquardt. I'm um, a photographer, first and foremost, and an educator. And I do photo workshops photo tours uh, among other things and that was one of the photo tours that i did so i, I take people to uh, interesting locations and i have over the last years kind of fallen in love with the, with the northern latitudes <laughs> the the arctic um that was my third time in the arctic now and i'm i'm very sure it's not going to be my last time so finding someone as knowledgeable as you is is a bonus and i thought i thought i thought that i have to hold on to this guy and do something with him so that's kind of why this podcast came to existence well you're very kind and very welcome to uh, come the next time i think that we should organize expeditions uh, regularly to yeah. explore different aspects of the arctic and the antarctic i would and love other to aspects. do this i would love to do this so um we have a name curiously polar we have a logo my brother is a graphic designer he made this so yay for that yeah, and big, um, big cheers big cheers to your brother and we have an well and the impossibility of the logo we will talk about in another uh, episode the polar bear and the penguin um we have an, a presence on itunes so you can subscribe to the show now you can pretty much go and, and get it wherever you get your other podcasts and that is it for the housekeeping sorry bit long but yes. we'll try to keep it shorter next time now let's get started what are we going to talk about today mario well today i'd like to um talk about something that is connected to the name of our of our podcast i mean we are curiously polar but when you talk about the poles we talk about the arctic and the antarctic but how do we define the arctic and the antarctic now what i know is the arctic is the thing in the north and the antarctic is the thing in the south 
Well, this is uh, this is actually the uh, the most essential definition of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so the the Arctic is close to the North Pole and, uh, and encompasses the area around the North Pole and the Antarctic, the area around the South Pole. But then we have to uh, come into like like how first first of all, like how did the names come to be? Do you have an idea? Uh, no, not at all. That's one of my big mysteries. Yeah, one of the big mysteries. Well, first of all, Arctic. Oh wait, is the origin? Does ori- it have something origin. to do with the Ark? Uh, well, probably not. Probably okay. not. I don't know. But uh, but the definition that I've been taught, and I think it's the most uh, plausible, is the Arctic come from Arctos. Arctos is a Greek, ancient Greek name for a bear. And uh, the Arctic is not the place where there are bears, but the place close to the great to the bear constellation. Mm. The little bear and the big bear are the two constellations close to the North Pole. Or Ursa, Ursa and, Minor, uh, Ursa Major. Yes, Ursa Minor and Ursa Major. And Ursa Minor is the one that has that includes the polar star. Ah. So here we have the the North Pole, uh, the zenith of the North Pole. We have the Polar Star, and this is where we have the Arctic. And Antarctic is the antithesis, so it's on the opposite side of the nadir of instead of the zenith, at the nadir of the Arctic. So we have the Antarctic as an opposition to the Arctic. Cool. Okay. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> So, so how how is it defined on Earth? I mean, there will be um, some place where it starts, right? Yeah. Well, the uh, the the um, there is. I mean, of course, there is the uh, um, the uh, the position that is physically defined by the line, the imaginary line called the Arctic Circle. People have heard about the arctic circle in in general it's a normal it's common knowledge it's the thing where where i where i will say yay i've been in the arctic the moment i crossed the arctic circle to the north the, the arctic circle to the north yes this is this is actually the line that defines the uh, difference between the place on the earth where you have the midnight sun or the polar night where the sun doesn't come above the horizon and um and and it's a, it's a line that is constant at a constant latitude around the uh, around the globe is that the arctic circle is at 66.33 degrees north and is and it and the antarctic circles at the opposite is 66 degrees 33 minutes south and is it fixed or does it change over the year yeah the arctic circle is constantly at 66 mm. degrees uh, 66 and a half degrees and the antarctic circle 66 and a half degrees south with respect to the other one which is north and uh, it is uh, because the earth's axis is uh, tilted by 23 and a half degrees with respect to the ecliptic okay so that, the ecliptic, that kind of defines that line yeah it's the, the ecliptic is a plane that goes uh, uh, the, is defined by the orbit of the earth and the center of the sun up to a couple of years ago, I had this. Um, I, I, I travel a lot, and I travel a lot west and east uh, to different areas. But I didn't really have that north and south thing, so I'm kind of uh, adding in those areas. And the Arctic uh, is is my foray into the north. I still haven't managed to get to the Antarctic, though. So I'm, well, we'll um, have to make something about this, Chris. We'll have to organize <laughs> an expedition to the Antarctic. Uh, I would. I would love this. Um, 
Is there an, any other kind of definitions for the Arctic other than the physical boundaries? Oh, yes. There are, uh, there are quite a lot of, of different definitions. And uh, uh, one of the um, things that we can look at is the, um, like a, a, the isotherm of 10 degrees in July. This is this is actually quite quite an interesting. What is thing. It to explain isotherm? It's the line that we can draw uh, on the map, north of which uh, we have less than an average of ten degrees, and south of which we have uh, a higher temperature than an average of ten degrees. Mm. Celsius and this is a, Celsius, this, right? Yeah. Yeah, Celsius. We are talking about Celsius degrees. That is, so, oh, hold on, I we have American listeners. Uh, <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's 50 yeah. Fahrenheit. Yes, good. Good, you're quick with the calculations. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. And, and it is a definition, it's a biological definition, because 10 degrees is what allows a different kind of life <laughs> in uh, both in the ocean and in the, uh, in the air. But so we have uh, we have this. Is it really like at, at 10 degrees it, things uh, change drastically? Yes, because the 10 degrees in July also define uh, the area where you have a higher chance for the snow to melt ah. during the summer. And therefore you have a chance of having a um, uh, vegetation. Okay. So if you uh, look at the, this iso map of the isotherm in the air uh, of 10 degrees in July, and we're talking about July, the summer, it actually, uh, it's a line that goes more or less uh, quite along the northern coast of Asia and Europe, and then passes through Iceland, it cuts Iceland in two, and then it's well south of Greenland, and then takes up again along the coast of Labrador and uh, the North American continent, the north, uh, northern coast of uh, Canada and in Alaska, but mm -hmm. all of the Canadian archipelago is north of this line, so it's Arctic. So if we want to say Arctic, uh, we have in Europe uh, just a very little part of northern Norway, and then we have half of Iceland, the northern half of Iceland, all of Greenland, and uh, all of the Canadian archipelago. Do and you know then, how much? Uh, part of, uh, yeah. Do, do, sorry. You, do you sorry? Do, do you know how much? Uh, what percentage of land mass uh, is in the Arctic? It's a tough la question. La. So, sorry for it's putting very, you on the spot. It's, it's a very tough question because uh, let's see, the Arctic. Uh, well, depending on uh, on how we, uh, yeah, depending on how we do it. But I think I have to. Uh, I'll have to look at some look at some data here. <laughs> it's, it's my job because, to trip you up. It's my job yeah, here to, yeah, exactly. to you, ask you call, impossible you call questions. Me, you call me unprepared. Is um, <laughs> yeah, let's say that it's. Um, It's probably about 12 million, 12, 13 million square kilometers, mm -hmm. I think. And it's the, if we talk about the, uh, the, uh, the, how do you call it? The, um, the line south of, or north of the, um, of the polar circle or south of the polar circle for the, for the Antarctic. Yeah. I, j I just found a map here on the German Wikipedia, which uh, looks at the, at the globe from from the mm -hmm. north from the top and has a red line going around including the bering sea and uh, northern parts of russia and yeah iceland nicely cut yep. in the middle and mm -hmm. 
parts of Canada. That's interesting to see it from that point. I've never looked at it from that point. So I will yeah. um, I will definitely link that map in the show notes. Makes yes. makes for interesting uh, additional information to what we're talking about here. The curious part is that the marine boundary is uh, not uh, exactly the same as the um, as the air boundary. That's what I see, I see here because we have the polar circle, but then we have this red line going around that does. It doesn't always coincide with that uh, dotted line of the polar circle. Yeah. So yep. it's just some some of that is political, right? Mm, or isn't it? No, no, I don't think so. Or well, is that the isotherm uh, line? If you're if you're looking at the map, one of the most known map uh, uh, that you uh, can find on the web is the Arctic Monitoring and Assessment Program map. Um, it was a big program uh, sponsored by the uh, United Nations Environment Program. And, um, and several other larger, uh, institutions, organizations. And, uh, uh, this map has tried to include all of the definitions of the Arctic. Ah, I see. Oh, and by the way, so, I'm, I'm just seeing it on this, this red line is actually the 10 degree line. So it is the yeah. isotherm. Oh, okay. Then it's the isotherm. Mm-hmm. If you have some, a line, for example, that goes from, uh, uh the Arctic Circle when it crosses uh, Greenland and then goes up to Svalbard and then from Svalbard goes through Novaya Zemlya and to the Timir Peninsula, then uh, you have the North Atlantic Arctic marine boundary. Mm-hmm. And this is the area uh, where the uh, where you get uh, water that is bil- like up to which you have water, marine water that is warmer than uh, than zero degrees, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the oh oh oh, and the polar. Okay, so so now now I see um, where this might be interesting because um, when I was in Iceland for the first time, um, by the isotherm definition, I was above the Arctic Circle, but by the polar circle definition, I was not. Yes, Iceland is almost entirely south of the Arctic Circle, right. but there is a little island north of that belongs to Iceland that is north of the Arctic Circle. So, if someone is in Iceland and goes by the isotherm definition and goes north of that line, they can say, "I was in the Arctic." Exactly. All right. Exactly. But if you are if you are in South Greenland, you are actually. Uh, well below the Arctic Circle, but you have icebergs, you have lots of ice uh, also in the summer on the sea as well. And this is due to the uh, to the fact that there is a, an East Greenland marine current that flows southwards along East Greenland and brings the polar ice down around along Greenland and then around the, the southern tip of Greenland called Cape Farewell. Okay, so that is the northern part of the globe are there any other definitions for where we where we begin the arctic or is that does that encompass no it I, th- I actually i actually think that uh, we have uh, we have the basic definitions here so okay. uh, because because you uh, you might have other definitions like ethnographical or but uh, but i am not uh, i'm not knowledgeable about these other definitions <laughs> so so let's go with these two for now um and uh, yes. and look and now let's look at the south the antarctic yeah well the antarctic conversely is the area 
that is uh, uh, south of uh, our 66 and a half degrees south. So that, that would be the Antarctic Circle. That's the Antarctic Circle. So it's the area south of which one can enjoy at least one day of midnight sun in the summer, in the Antarctic summer. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is the, uh, the geographical definition. And always due to the tilt of the axis of the Earth with mm -hmm. respect to the ecliptic. But uh, the difference, the big difference between the Arctic and the Antarctic is that in the Arctic, we have, around the North Pole, we have no landmass. We have just a big ocean, the, Antarctic, the Arctic Ocean. In the Antarctic, we have a continent. And uh, all around the Antarctic continent, all around Antarctica, there is ocean with no physical barrier. So it's its no. own it's its own continent pretty much. There, there while the Arctic includes all the like parts of Russia and Canada and the US and Greenland and so on. Um, yes. The Antarctic doesn't do that. It's just its own thing, right? The Antarctic has its own thing. You're right, and uh, and you have the possibility of having an ocean current all around the Antarctic that is isolating the Antarctic from the global circulation of the oceans. So even in so that respect, it, it's its own thing. It's in, in that respect, it's very much its own thing. And it makes the Antarctic very different from the Arctic. And uh, the area where you have uh, northern waters meeting the Antarctic waters is called the Antarctic Convergence. Convergence. Antarctic Convergence. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it is a, uh, a line that changes throughout the seasons, and it has a lot of uh, whirls and eddies uh, at the at its border. But it's more or less uh, a uh, the uh, the place where you define. As in the north, we had the 10th of July isotherm for the definition, the climatic definition of the of the Arctic. We have the Antarctic Convergence as the climatic definition for the Antarctic. Mm -hmm. Any yes. other definitions for, for the Antarctic? Well, no, Not I don't really think so. that we have this because uh, like uh, we have, uh, of course, both in the Arctic and the Antarctic, we have the sub-Arctic and the sub-Antarctic and, uh, and they are... Uh, They are of course in different uh, latitudinal ranges, but I think we have we have the basics. Here. Okay, so we we have to find what they are. What what makes them so special? Why are they so significant? Well, we have a um, there there are several aspects that make them very special. One thing is that they are not very populated, mysterious, and they have been explored in recent historical times. Is it is it true that both the Antarctic and the Arctic uh, didn't have an indigenous uh, people living there? That they were settled, uh, like they they were virgin when they were settled. Well, uh, yes, of course. Every place on Earth is virgin uh, before true, they are settled. I'm, 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 <laughs> yes. I'm now trying but, to go uh, like tens of yeah, thousands no, of no. years back or something. No, but of course, like Antarctica has 
never been settled and it's uh, not a uh, before the discovery uh, by the Russian uh, uh, navigator Bellinghausen it has not been uh, it, it was not uh, visited by and, and not inhabited and there has not been any settlements apart in recent years with a um, military or scientific basis the Arctic has had some settlements because of course, we the, we know the Inuits in Greenland. There have been several flows of um, Northeast Asian populations that went through the Bering Strait over to Greenland, over to North America, and then over to Greenland. So the area north of the polar circle has been populated, but there is no landmass in the Arctic close to the North Pole. So mm -hmm. that ice-covered area is not being populated ever because there is no place to make a settlement. Right. And we have to remember that also, like a great part of northern Scandinavia is north of the Arctic Circle, and that has been populated for, I would say, at least thousands of years. All right, but the Antarctic has not. The Antarctic is not. Mm. So uh, the significance, I think, uh, for the climate is not is, is something that we have to look at. Yes, the significance for the climate is great because um, the climate is partially driven by differences in temperature in different parts of the Earth. And of course, at the poles, we have lower temperatures and at the equators, we have uh, higher temperatures. So if we call uh, what is called the thermohaline circulation is the... Uh, um, movement of ocean currents that uh, brings the water to move between areas in the equator around the equator and the poles and this movement is facilitated partly by the rotation of the earth so the force of coriolis but also by the fact that at the equator the surface waters are being heated up and towards the poles in both the Arctic and the Antarctic, they are cooled down. And then the warm water is at the surface and it's influenced by the winds and, uh, and, the, uh, and uh, the meteorological uh, factors. Uh, and uh, at the poles, the water cool, become denser, go down to the depth of the oceans and flow back towards the equator. This is... Um this is re uh, thermohaline circulation. That's the first time I'm hearing this. I've just uh, yeah. opened Wikipedia about it, and I'm seeing this picture of what's called the global conveyor belt. That is, yes. uh, that is these these currents going pretty much all around the globe and, and yes. being connected with each other. Exactly. The thermohaline means that is something to do with temperature and something to do with salinity, uh -huh. uh, because. Uh, the water, seawater, changes density depending on its temperature and on its salt content. A, uh, um, so if we um, heat up water, it actually does expand uh, and it becomes uh, lighter. If we cool it down, it becomes heavier. And uh, if we have more salt dissolved in the water, the water becomes denser, becomes heavier. And uh, the differences in, uh, in temperature and salinity make water masses flow to the surface or go down to the bottom. 
And they can be quite deep, the oceans. <laughs> and they can be quite deep, the oceans, yes. We are talking about thousands of meters down, yeah. 3,000, 6,000 feet down uh, in depth. And and the oceans, I mean, in general, are very important. The, the, the majority yes. of the Earth is ocean. Yeah, and because water has a great heat capacity, so it can store a lot of heat, um, when we have water that is warmed up on the surface of the oceans along the equator, and this water moves northwards, for example, what we call, uh, what we I used to call the Gulf Stream, mm -hmm. it moves up uh, northeastwards towards Europe and heats up the coasts of Europe. And uh, so the heat that is put into the water, that is captured by the water around the tropics, in between the tropics, is the uh, heat that is provided to Europe and keeps it ice-free all year round, keeps the coast of water ice-free all year round. While at the same latitude, if we go westwards toward Greenland, we have glaciers and icebergs all over. And a lot of them, yeah. And a lot of them. And incidentally, when I talk about the tropics, the tropics are 23 and a half degrees north of the equator and 23 and a half degrees south of the equator, the tropic of That's another, of, uh, another geographical definition here. And it's the same definition. It depends on the same thing as the Arctic Circle. So it depends on the inclination of the Earth's axis compared to the or the ecliptic. All right. So yes. the Arctic and the Antarctic, both important for the world's climate. Yes, and in uh, in in different ways. Um, one of the things that we hear about is the melting of the um, of the ice in the Arctic and the Antarctic. And uh, in connection with this, we have uh, the level of the oceans. Now the. Uh, the, the level of the oceans, of course, is very important. The uh, seawater level, the mean seawater level, and the difference in the high tide and low tide, because they delimit the coastline. And if the ocean raises, we have places like Holland, which lie more or less around the the level of the the sea level, or parts of Holland even below the sea level because they are dammed out. Uh, if the sea level rises, these areas are going to be flooded. And uh, and the uh, difference between the Arctic and the Antarctic is that the Arctic ice, the Arctic sea ice, if it melted, it would not be uh, changing anything from the level of the ocean. Oh, it's because it's floating already. Because it's floating on the ice. And I invite you all to take a test. You make yourself a nice drink with some ice in it, floating in it, and you mark the uh, the uh, the line where the uh, where the liquid is. And now the, this comes the patient's part because you have to wait until the ice has melted before you take a drink, you take a sip. And if you manage to do this, you will realize that the level of the drink doesn't change when the ice is totally melted. Mm -hmm. And the same happens or would happen if all of the Arctic sea ice melted. 
and mark the sea ice i'm talking about the sea ice right and and i think that kind of links to many other things i mean i think we'll probably have to make an entire episode on the exactly on the, on the melting glaciers um yeah. uh, i would i would specifically like to talk about the antarctica ice shelf that is cracking off uh, yeah, Antarctica exactly. right now the big thing that's in the news which again i believe is just a floating piece of ice so it will change the landscape but it won't 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 make the water levels rise not directly because the uh the uh, the big changes and this is to come back to the question i mean what is the difference is that most of the ice in the antarctic is land ice on land and and if that melts and is put into the water it's like if we go back to the simile with the with the drink <laughs> if we put new before, ice cubes in the drink right exactly if we if we put new ice cubes into the drink then the level rises and uh, this means and even if you put more water which is probably something that few people would do but uh, no um, sacrilege <laughs> especially with exactly. whiskey <laughs> so we have uh, we have this um we have this big difference and in the arctic we have polar caps uh we have uh, ice caps uh on the land on top of greenland on yeah. land on top of greenland and some of the uh, some of the arctic uh, or the uh, canadian archipelago islands and uh, on speeds uh, on svalbard we have uh, ice caps but uh, but they are smaller much much smaller compared to the ice cap on top of the antarctica all right antarctic let's, continent. let's take this as a taste for one of the upcoming episodes Because this, exactly. this one is already running long enough. So, um, yeah, now we know what the Arctic is and what the Antarctic is. Uh, we will also add a few more links into the show notes for you to look things up. So in your podcast client, just, yeah, look look for the show notes. It should be all there. Um, that was it for episode four of Curiously Polar with... Uh, with Mario Acquarone and my name is Chris Marquardt. If you, if, here, here's a little favor I want to ask you. If you like what we're doing here, um, there is a wonderful, easy, simple way to help this show be seen by more people, um, to raise its awareness. And that is if you go on iTunes, because that's the major, major podcast directory. If you go on iTunes and give the show a review or a rating, uh, we would love to get a few stars and that will raise the visibility of the show and make it accessible to more people. Other than that, thanks very much, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you very much, Chris. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Talk to you next time. Ciao.